We're so happy you're joining us on our Brentwood Church podcast. To find out more about Brentwood, go to brentwoodchurch.org. During this episode, Pastor John shares a great message that we pray will lead you to new and deeper levels with Jesus Christ. So open up your Bible or Bible app and grab a notebook or simply listen along. Right. Let there be light today. We're going to start this series because 2017 has been described, as Tyler sort of previewed, as a year of darkness and chaos. You may have had a great year, and I don't want to take that away from you, but if you've been watching the news, if you've been in the know, you would know that a lot of people around the world have not had a great year. Uh, last week, we even talked about God and tragedy. And if you want to think about this series, this is the series where we say, okay, how is God specifically in tragedy? How does he bring light to those situations? So um, as much as we are going to say Merry Christmas in the next few weeks, we want to back that up by also saying, and let there be light. Let there be light in 2018 more so than there ever has been, not just in our world, but even in our community and right here in this church and in our lives. So here's what I want you to do before we get started. I want you to play along. I want you to look to the person beside you and say, Merry Christmas and let there be light. Go ahead and say it right now. Say it confidently. You can even turn around behind you and just say, you know what? You too. Merry Christmas and let there be light. And let there be light. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to get to that in just a second. Uh, I still play hide-and-go-seek. I'm 42 years old. I will play hide-and-go-seek when I'm 82 years old, if I make it that long. Even if I can't walk, I'll just have somebody throw a blanket over me. Just just throw a blanket. You know, I'm hidden. Um, I don't know how I'm going to seek, but anyway, I love hide-and-go-seek. And And a few years ago, we were playing hide-and-go-seek with a bunch of people in my house, and I decided that I was going to get the best hiding place Nobody was ever going to find me, and I was going to win uh, the game just by sheer uh, excellence in hiding. So I decided that there was a cedar chest in my my house, and if you don't know about cedar chests, it's it's an oversized footlocker that you store like blankets and stuff in, and there was this cedar chest in, in our home, and I decided that I was going to hide in the cedar chest, and so I lifted up the cedar chest. And, and I, I found a way to contort my body to get into this cedar chest. But then there came the, the, the reality of, okay, how do I shut the lid without it locking and killing me? You know, because that's not what you want to happen. So I lowered the lid down in such a way that the little latch that would lock it was just barely there on the lock so that it would not lock. And it would give me just enough of the light and enough airflow so that I didn't die, which is not what I want to happen in a hide-and-go-seek match. That would traumatize the children, of course. (laughs) So anyway, uh, the person who was seeking finished their count, ready or not, here I come. And I think they just knew that that's where I had gone to hide because what they did is they came right to the seat of chest and they sat on it, locking me in there and, of course, sitting on top. So just even if I could unlock it, that I would not be able to get out. So in that moment, I began to think about my situation, and I began to think, this was idiotic. I should never have thought this. I don't know if you've ever had those situations where you don't go out of your way to kill yourself, but in those moments, you're like, man, this was really dumb. This was not very smart. 
And I start to go through what some of you are going through right now, and that is a, a slow panic. And I was thinking, okay, I am, it's dark in here. Uh, there's no light. There's going to be little to no oxygen pretty soon. And I don't know how long this person's going to think this is funny. Well, what seemed like hours was really only about 45 seconds until the person opened the lid and said, you're it. And, and that was that. Here's my point. You have been and I have been in situations where everything was dark and you didn't know how to get out of it. In fact, you could not get out of the situation on your own. You had no light. And you know that human beings can't generate their own light. They got to have some piece of technology. They got to have something, some source of light. You have been in the dark woods. You may have been in the dark ocean. You may have been in a dark closet. In my case, in a dark box. Wondering, how did I get here? And how in the world do I get some light? And do I get some air in this situation? The same thing is true with us spiritually. In fact, if you were to look at what darkness means just in the dictionary alone, it means the absence of light, knowledge, or sight. When you cannot see things, it limits you. When you can't see your hand in front of your face, it limits you. You cannot move freely. You cannot move speedily. You are, in essence, limited. You cannot see safety. Everything in front of you could be a potential danger, either a hostile danger or just a trap that you could fall over. That's what darkness does. It is a lack of light. It is a lack of knowledge. It is a lack of sight. It limits us and it endangers us by its very nature. This isn't just a physical thing, though. It's also an emotional thing. It's also a spiritual thing. We can experience darkness on the soul level. We all know this. And I don't care if you believe and follow Jesus or not. If you have for six days or 60 years, you have experienced what spiritual darkness brings to your life. It brings a sense of overwhelming hopelessness. You get to a point where you think, I don't think I'm going to get out of this. I just don't know that I am. And we see it when we look on the news. Man, I don't know. how. It, it seems like evil is winning and good is losing. And, and you bring that all the way down to the level of our community. And you bring that all the way down to the level of, of even your family. You know, right now, you're experiencing this in your family. You know, why, Uncle Joe lost his job. And wow, he hasn't found a job. And Wow, he's getting sadder and sadder. I don't know if he's going to pull out of this. He's getting sad. He's getting angry. Uh, what, what ha- my brother and my sister-in-law have separated now for the second time. He's living in an apartment. She's got the kids. I don't know if they're going to pull out. What is that? It's spiritual darkness. Now, you may not call it that, but that's what it is. There, there's things going on in, in your family that's just spiritual and emotional 
darkness. Maybe it's your kid coming home from school, whether elementary school or maybe even college, and saying, I don't know if I can do this anymore. The social pressure, the, 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 the bullying, whatever it is, what is that? It's, it's spiritual darkness. You, you don't go into the principal's office and say, hey, I think there's spiritual darkness in the school, but that's what's happening what, what's happening is your kid is, is experiencing life in a fatal, fallen, and unfair world. What happens when you get that ache and that pain and you just can't fix it and that pill or whatever can't fix it and you go to the doctor and you get that diagnosis and you're laying in the bed for, for weeks and you start to think, man, what's, I, I don't know if I'm going to pull out of this. What happens when you hear it yet again that you aren't able to have children, and you hear yet again that dad is going to die. It's this overwhelming hopelessness that comes from how we deal or don't deal or try to deal with spiritual darkness. I want to talk about some of the unproductive, inefficient, and ineffective ways that we deal with overwhelming hopelessness that is brought about by spiritual darkness. First of all, we panic. Don't we panic? You know, you, you, you have that family member who calls you up, oh no, Uncle Joe lost his job and we don't know what to do and, and, and you need to do something and you need to get over there right now and, 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 and mama, mama just called and, and, and everybody's just like, okay, what just happened? You know, you know Aunt Sally just called me and, and you know, we need to drive somewhere. I don't know where we need to drive and, and you know, everybody just gets, the one person's panic just gets everybody out of control. And when we panic, what are we doing? We are not thinking. We are not acting. We are not talking rationally. And what takes place? We spread that panic, right, all over the place. What's another way that we deal with this overwhelming cynicism? Well, we're all going to die. We're just all going to die. We just might as well accept it. Now cut the turkey. Now pass out the presents. They're probably going to be terrible anyway. Cynicism. What else? Depression, right? Some of you are dealing with that right now. Depression, maybe even on the suicidal level. And you, you never thought that. You know, 20 years ago when you decided to believe and follow Jesus, you never thought that you would get into a place of overwhelming hopelessness. How can I, as a believer and follower of Jesus, be so overwhelmingly hopeless that I want to take my life? Or, or maybe you're somewhere, you know, west of that, and you're just like, man, I am so sad, and I don't know that I'm ever going to, to be joyful again. What, what are other ways that we deal with this? Escapism. Isn't this what we do? We, we try to escape from it. We try to go, you know, pick your, pick your distraction, pick your hobby, pick your addiction. You know, I'll go get these, these old toys, these old hobbies back in my life so that I can sort of distract myself from the overwhelming hopelessness that's happening in my home, that's happening in my job, that's happening in my community, that's happening in my world. I'll go get this, this alcohol, I'll go get this porn, I'll go get this, what, what, whatever that was for you or whatever that is for you, escapism. You know, I'm just gonna, hey, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna shop till I drop. I'm just gonna go uh, spend money I don't have and maybe it'll make me feel okay. It'll, it'll numb the feeling that I have. And if you're here today and you don't believe and follow Jesus, you, you, you could probably have, have, have said those same things. You could probably say, you know what, I, that's, that's, that's a way that I've dealt with this overwhelming hopelessness sometimes that I feel in, in the culture and in the world and even in my family. Here, here's the great news. If you believe and follow Jesus, you're gonna reclaim a truth today. 
And, and you're, you're going to stop trying to do what we often try to do in this overwhelming hopelessness, and that's try to control it and, and fix it with all those other things. But if you today don't believe and follow Jesus, I think you're going to be equipped with something that you could step into. That, that you could just say, you know what, I, I never really thought of this as, as, as an option, but I think I'm going to step into this because I've tried all of those other things. And I seem to still be in this dark, oxygen-deprived space that I just don't know if I can get out of. What do we see in the very beginning of the Bible? We are introduced by God to God about who he is and what he does. And who is he and what does he do? It says in Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that's the big meta-narrative. So, so the next two chapters of Genesis is going to be about the details of that. What does it mean that God created the heavens and the earth? And we start to understand that a little bit more. The earth was formless and empty. And I want you to say this word with me, one, two, three, and darkness, and darkness covered the deep waters. And what happens when there is formless empty and dark things, reality. It says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And what did he do as he hovered over this empty, formless darkness? Then God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And what happened? And there was. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And the evening passed and the morning came, making the first day. What does it tell us right there in the first paragraph of the first page of the Bible? It says that God brings light to darkness. He brings order to chaos. He brings future and hope to that which has no destiny. He brings form to things. That's what he does. That's who he is. He cannot help it. And he doesn't just do this in the cosmic sense. He does this today in your life and in my life. He does this when Uncle Joe loses his job. He does this when Aunt Sally panics. He does this when your spouse walks out on you. He does this when your child or your teenager or your college student or your 25-year-old comes home and says, I don't think I have any answers to who God is. He does this and he is this because where there is darkness, where there is emptiness, where there is no future, he speaks light into it. Come on. I'm ready. Row 15, I'm ready. I'm actually, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. He cannot help it. That's what he does. And listen, you came today on a perfectly good Sunday morning that you could have been doing anything. You could have been raking leaves. You could have been hanging lights on your tree. You could have been having brunch at some local restaurant. You could have been doing something else, but you got your energy and you got your stuff together and you came in here. Why? To reclaim that truth. Because why? Because we forget it. We get ourselves in cedar chests, in dark places sometimes, where we can't breathe anymore, and we think, 
oh my goodness, how did I even get here? And God flings it open and says, let there be light. Now, come on, get out of there. Now, here's what we know. Darkness is the absence of light and order. Light is what? It is the presence of peace and hope. You and I cannot, on our energy, on our will, on our good intentions, bring that to any situation. You just can't. Our humanity is not capable. What does our humanity do in hopelessness? We panic. We get cynical. We get distracted. Okay? We get depressed. But God says, look, I do this. This is kind of my thing. And I want to do it in you. And when I do that through you, I want to bring light to the world through you. And that's what this whole series is about. It's what Christmas is about. And so what do we see throughout the Bible? And those of you who are new to the Bible, maybe you're here today and you go, man, I don't believe and follow Jesus, but I took a a religion course in college and I'm not so sure I, I know really what the Bible is about. Let me tell you what it's about. It's about, from the very beginning, God speaking light and destiny and future into emptiness and formlessness, and you're a part of that. And what he did is he chose a man, and and through that man he chose a nation, and through that nation he chose to bring a savior, Emmanuel, God with us. And all throughout the history of that people sort of marching towards the coming of that savior, this people, Israel, would lose sight of hope. They would lose the light. God would give them light, and they would, they would squelch the light. They would run from the light. They would, they would get themselves in situations. And we see right here that King David is articulating one of these moments in his own life that really is parallel for the nation of Israel itself. And I think we can all relate to this. Look, look what he says in, in Psalm 13. He says, oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? You ever feel that way? I mean, you, you've heard a million sermons, and you've sung a million songs. And you've, God, you've, you've had Christmas and, 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 and all, of, all the stories and, and all those things. And, and yet you and I get in these places where it's like, are you going to do this forever? Like, are we going to be going through this, God, as a family? Are we going to be going through this at our workplace? Are we going to be going through this in our community? How long will you look the other way? What is, what is King David saying? He's like, I don't even think you're looking. Like, are you paying attention? I am trapped in this box. How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Look, he says, he says, turn and answer me. I think that's what some of you are saying right now today. You walked in here and you know that you're in spiritual darkness. You don't even understand it. You don't even know why. It's like, it doesn't make sense. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And I feel this overwhelming hopelessness, just like David did. A man after God's own heart, restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, we have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. I spoke to a man right after the first service, and, and his marriage is in trouble. And, and he, he just says, you know, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. 
And, and, and here's, what I, here's what I said. It's the same thing I would say to anybody here. It's the same thing I would say to myself. And, and I've been in, in, in places like this before. It's like, why don't you do nothing but fall to your knees and let God reclaim light in you? Let him bring back the sparkle. Let him bring back. And then when you get up, then you will do things besides panic and get cynical and, 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 and try to escape and, and just, or just go into dark depression. Because that's what I do when I don't think God is speaking light into situations. That's what I do. That's my flesh. And you know what? Here's the thing. Not only does my flesh do that, just my humanity, the world applauds that. You know, hey, just be authentic. Just, yeah, just, just, you know, if that's, if that's you, just be you. And yet, and yet God is saying, no. No, no, what I do is when things seem hopeless and when things seem dark and when things seem empty, I hover over it and I speak light into it. Mm, come on. That's what I do. That's who I am. And I think that's what he's doing for you. I, just like I think he's doing in that, that, in that man's marriage. I, I, just, I think he's doing it in your situation. Look, look, what, look what happens 2,000 years ago. Not only does God say, look, I bring light to a formless universe. I bring light to your lack of salvation that you cannot do on your own. I will do it for you. Look, look what John says in his gospel. In the beginning was the word. And there's a lot behind that word, but here's what you need to know. Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus already existed. Jesus already existed from the beginning. The divine son existed in Genesis 1 and he became the human Jesus 2,000 years ago. The word was with God. Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. What is John doing? He's saying, look, I want you to understand that Jesus didn't just come onto the scene 2,000 years ago. He existed before time. He was with God and was God speaking light into the universe the first day. And... He became the human Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I want to say that again. The darkness can never extinguish it. It can never be defeated. The power and the light of Jesus in your life can never be defeated. And I think you believe that it's been defeated. And I'm here to tell you today, it cannot be extinguished. That light is still hovering over you, ready to say, let there be light in your situation right now. Let there be light over your physical body. Let there be light over the oppression that you feel right now. Let there be light in the hopelessness that you're experiencing in this moment. Why? Because it's who God is and it's what he does. And Jesus is one of the most magnanimous examples of him saying, I bring light to your situation. Write this down. Jesus 
is the light that came into the world to break the power of darkness. To break the power of darkness. I remember uh, going spelunking or caving, whatever you want to call it, back when I was uh, in college. And, and I remember the, the guide who was with us does something that a lot of guides do when they take people deep into the earth. He has everyone turn their lights off in the main cathedral or the main room when you get there. And it is so absent of light, it's petrifying. It, it, it's paralyzing. Very similar to what I, what I described to you, being in that, in that box. And this particular guide on this particular day, he lit this one light in the midst of it. And everything rushed into, my whole perspective rushed into that one little candle that he had lit in that moment. And that one little source of light became so powerful in the midst of the darkness. The darkness could not hide anymore. And I think that's what some of you need to be reminded, that Jesus is that source of light in your life. And Christmas, wow, isn't it that time where we don't just say, hey, Merry Christmas. We also say, oh, and let there be light. Like, let's not forget that there is no hopelessness in the life of people who believe and follow Jesus. Oh yeah, we could put ourselves back in, back in those boxes, but we know that we just have to reclaim the truth of who God is and what he does. And he just brings light to darkness and he brings form to emptiness and he brings order to chaos. And he does it in our souls. Jesus says this in John chapter eight. He says, let me tell you who I am. Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. What a powerful promise. If you follow me, you will have the light you need to get through this situation, to get through these circumstances, because you will have the light that leads to life. You will have the light that leads to life. Wow. Christmas, what is it? It reminds us, this season reminds us that we don't have to fix the darkness of the world on our own. If you've been trying to get out of that box on your own strength and on your own wit and your own wisdom and your own energy, I'm here to tell you today to rest. Just rest. Just say, God, please let there be light because I need it right now. I think some of you just need to say that. You need to speak it right now in that barrenness that you feel, maybe physically. You've been trying to have children for 15 years. You've been trying to, you've been trying to speak life where there is barrenness. Why don't you just let God, just, you just rest in him right now. Why, why don't you right now knowing that that marriage that is on life support and you keep trying to, to fix it with your words, you keep panicking and you keep, you keep going into escapism. Well, let me just forget about the whole thing. You just rest in, in, in the fact that God wants to fix it. He wants to fix it. You just need to rest in that. You need to rest in that. 
And that's, and that's really what we, when we come down to, what do we do with this truth? How do we reclaim this today and for the next few weeks and until we get to the day that we celebrate the coming of the Emmanuel, the birth of Christ? Not just the birth of Christ, the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ and the coming again of Christ. How, how, what do we do? First, I think today we have to recognize the darkness. We have to, we have to stop pretending that it's not there. We have to stop pretending that we are not stumbling over the darkness right now in a relationship, in a family, in a marriage, in a job, in a situation, in a spiritual stronghold. You and I just have to, we just have to own it sometimes. We just have to say, you know what? I'm in a box right now. I'm in a box and, and my prayer life is hitting the ceiling. And, and I come to church and it just doesn't make sense. I open up the Bible and it just is empty to me. You know what God wants, what he wants to to do? He wants, first of all, for you just to recognize it and stop trying to control this thing and stop trying to figure this out on your own. Stop trying to normalize it and justify it and spin it. Instead, recognize it. Recognize that you're in a dark place. And that, yes, yeah, you believe and follow Jesus. And you've heard a million sermons and you've sung a million songs. But you can get there too. You can get there too. And then what? Just say, let there be light. Let there be light. Not in your strength, not in your power, but it's the promise that God has given you from the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. He said, let there be light. In the beginning was the word. And what happens? And he brought light to the world. He is bringing light to you. And he wants to. And so maybe in this situation, instead of you talking it to death, instead of you calling people and trying to manage it yourself, and instead of gossiping about it, instead of, instead of trying to manhandle the situation, maybe you just recognize it and just say, God, would you let there be light in this situation? Because... I can't do this. I have no source of light in me. I need you to restore that. I need to reclaim that, 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 Christ, that Christ is in me and, and I have covered him up. But look, what, look what Paul says to the church in 2 Corinthians. He says, for God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. What is he doing for some of you right now? He is taking your hand off of the light that you have covered and he's saying, it's in there, it's in there. And, and here's what I wanna do. Instead of shining light on your will and your plans, instead of you trying to get me to buy into your fix, Here's what I want to do. I want to put this light on the face of Jesus. And I want to say, there, there is your way. There, right there. That's your way. That's your way. Yeah, you can clap for that. It's okay. That, that, that's what I want to do. And that's what Paul says to us. He says, look, that's where God is. That's what he does. He cannot help it. He wants to constantly, when we put ourselves in a box and we don't think we can get out and we feel overwhelmingly hopeless and we start to panic and we start to get cynical and we start to escape and we start to get overwhelmingly sad and depressed. He wants to say, hey, 
hey, the light I have put in you, and it will shine the face of Christ. It will. So we recognize the darkness. We stop negotiating with it. We stop normalizing it. We stop justifying it. And we say, you know what? This is darkness. This is darkness in my soul. This is darkness in my marriage. This is darkness in me right now. And let there be light. God, let light, let your light shine in this. I need it, God. I need your light to shine in this. And then what? Rejoice. Rejoice in the light. That's, that's what you, if you want to know one of the purposes of your, your, your being created, God thinking you up before time and putting you in this place and, and, and giving you the story and giving you the struggles and giving you the triumphs, all of that is to get you to this place in this moment right now where you would get over yourself and you would look back on how he has rescued you and how he's rescued me and how he has brought meaning where there was emptiness. He's brought form where there was chaos and order where there was hopelessness. And you look back on your life and you say, wow, he lit that up and 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 he lit that up. And oh my good God, I just rejoice in you right now. I rejoice in you. And you know something? If you want to walk around your neighborhood and knock on people's doors, this is a great time of year to do it where they won't think you're crazy. You just start singing. Just knock on the door. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. And they're just like, oh, that's so good. Get the kids. (laughs) February, they might think you're crazy. But you know what? You're never going to be crazy right here. You're never going to be crazy walking out of where you are and coming forward and saying, you know what, I just need right now, I need to speak light over this. You're never going to be crazy when you stand up and with whatever voice that you've been given, that you, you speak and you sing praise to God. You say, God, you are worthy of every ounce of my celebration. You are worthy you are my father. You have brought light to darkness. And, and I just, I have to acknowledge that right now. And if it's in this poem, if it's in this song, uh, take, take this moment and know that it's a reflection of my heart. Maybe it's just responding in this moment by taking communion. Just taking communion. Just saying, you know what? All throughout the Bible, God gives his people symbols. And it's not the symbols necessarily that save it's the symbols who remind us or remind us of how we've been saved. And every time we take communion, every time we take the body and the blood, the bread and the wine of Christ, we're reminded it's a symbol of, of what he's done for us. Maybe, maybe a response today is, is just to, maybe to sing, maybe it's to pray with somebody, maybe it's to, to be prayed over. I don't know. I don't know what your situation is, but you do. And today, it's time to get out of the box. It's it's time to walk out of the dark and live in the light that you've been created to live in and to to reflect. I'm gonna ask everybody right now just to bow your heads and and close your eyes. And as you do, I wanna wanna speak this psalm over you right now. This is the, the psalm that David concludes with 
after he just said, God, where are you? Where are you? Can you, can you, can you pay attention to me right now? He says something. He says, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. He is good to me. And I think some of you just need to be reminded of that today. But I think some of you need to be, for the first time, invited into that. And you know, you know that you're far from God. You know that your soul is in darkness. You know that you've tried religion. You've tried rebellion. You've tried resistance. You've tried running from God. And you're here in the same place of panic, of depression, of sadness, of escapism. And you feel once again like you're in this dark place that you can't get out of. I'm here to tell you that God wants to call you out of that darkness and he's already turned on the lights. He's already turned on the lights. It's what he does. It's who he is. And if today you need to believe and follow Jesus for the very first time, I want to help you do that. You can proclaim this in your own words right where you are right now. Father in heaven, I acknowledge that you are my heavenly father. Right now, I surrender to you. I can no longer be God in my life. I need you, the one true God, to be God. And I invite you, God. I I praise you, I worship you with every ounce of my being, with what I know to do right now. And I receive from you forgiveness, eternal forgiveness, given me by your one and only son, Jesus Christ. It is his death on a cross that saves me. And today I accept your forgiveness. Let it wash over me a sense of redemption. Right now, Father, in this moment, I receive your Holy Spirit into my heart, into my mind, into my soul to be my guide, to be the light of life for me. Today, if you acknowledge that, if you declare that wholeheartedly, I want you to do something. I want you, as every eye is still closed, I want you just to raise your hand boldly so our response team can just see your hand right now. Just raise your hand boldly right now. If today you decided to believe and follow Jesus for the very first time, just raise your hand boldly in this moment. I'm gonna ask all of you to stand and just look right up here. I wanna celebrate one more person. One more person who's passed from death to life. From darkness into light. That, Brentwood Church, is a miracle. And that is a miracle that you experienced in your life. And that is a miracle that I don't want us to ever stop celebrating. If that was you today, or if we didn't see your hand, or if you didn't raise your hand, I I want you to step out when we begin to sing and come down front, or you can go to the back 
to one of our world changers, one of our, our volunteers who want to show you what your next step is. But today, if you believe and follow Jesus and you know that today you need prayer, that you need to respond to God's word for you today. I just want you to step out of where you are and come forward or go to the back and just say, today, I need prayer. I need prayer over my situation. I need prayer over these circumstances. I just need somebody to help me recognize that I'm in a dark place and to help me acknowledge the light and help me rejoice in the light that God has given Let's sing, let's respond, let's change this world, Brentwood Church.